The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Man, this music always sounds better after victory. Well, this is technically my second week playing, but still. Any intro music is always better after a victory. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Code of Conduct. I am your host, Jay Spence the King, and I am back on Buffalo Rumblings for the second time. We are five and two. So we have a lot to be happy about. We have a whole lot to be happy about. We are first in the AFC East. Our record is 5-2. and two. We're in the driver's seat. The Patriots are not good. The Jets are not good. Miami, I think they're I think they're pretty good, but they made some changes with Tua and Fitz. So I don't know. I don't know how good they're gonna be. The Buffalo Bills and their fan base should be very excited right now. Very, very excited. We are in the drivers. It's 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 a fun time to be a Bills fan. But I'm Jay Spence the King, and I have issues. I can't just easily just act like I didn't see what I saw. So I'm going to talk about it. That's the whole benefit of having your own podcast. You get to say whatever you want. I am absolutely livid. I told you guys Sunday on my pregame show that I did with Lorenzo Alexander, that if Frank Gore averaged anything over three yards per carry, I was going to be insufferable. Mookie and Joe Miller and a couple other people have calmed me down and told me that I'm being a spoiled brat and that I need to take a win because a win is a win in the NFL. But listen, Frank Gore averaging five and a half yards a carry against this year's version of the Buffalo. It's 2020. Frank Gore is only 97 years old. Frank Gore. Now, granted, I always give the little disclaimer because I do love Frank. I I love everything that he's done in his NFL career. He will be a Hall of Famer. He is a wonderful guy. But Frank Gore averaged five and a half yards a carry against the Buffalo Bills this past Sunday. What? 
No. The defense turned around, and the second half, we looked a whole lot better. We looked great. We looked great. We held them to under 10 yards for the entire half. Sam Darnold, in the first half, he looked like an NFL quarterback. He was very accurate. He threw a touchdown to his rookie running back. They looked good. Second half, he looked like he saw ghosts again. The second half, he looked like he had no clue why he was on the NFL football field. And that, to, to our defense's credit, to Leslie Frazier's credit, whereas a lot of fans and a lot of people in the media were calling for him to either give up the play calling or even to be, I've seen fans say they want Leslie Frazier fired. Like, what? Leslie Frazier came out in the second half and made adjustments and had a game plan to shut down the New York Jets. He did a great job. My issue is he should have did that in the first half. Why do we have to? We, we, play to, we play down to our talent sometimes or to our opponent's talent sometimes. And that's the part that bothers me because we're better than the Jets. We're better than this Sunday. We're going to we are a better football team. Top to bottom. Than the New England Patriots. We have the better quarterback. We have the better wide receivers. We have the better running backs. We are supposed to have the better defense this year. We're supposed to. Right now, we're not playing like it. We did in the second half against the Jets. But that's the Jets. I want to see what our defense, I want to see our defense play like that against top teams like like we expected them to. That's what I want. And then offensively, listen, there's so much to be happy about. Josh Allen moved up and down the field at will. He had 300 yards passing. 300 yards passing again for a guy who seemingly almost couldn't break 200 at first. And then when he broke 200, you know, Bills fans, we, we've been wanting a quarterback to throw 300 yards, 300 yards. Now he's thrown for 300 yards more than he hasn't this season, period. It's phenomenal to watch. They talk about the, the throw in the end zone to Gabriel Davis. People think that was a bad throw. I look at it as if a 50-50 ball, I think Joe said this on the show the other day, a 50-50 ball is just that. It's a 50-50 ball. You throw it up because you're giving your guy a shot to come down with it. Either he catches it or he doesn't. You knock it down or it's get, it gets interception or it gets intercepted. Hopefully, your, your guy can knock the ball down if he can't catch it. And that's what happened. I don't think that was a bad throw at all. Josh Allen gave his guy a shot who's been all season so far. He's been making that every time Josh Allen has thrown the ball to Gabe Davis like that, he's been coming up with the catch. I can see why Josh trusts him. Stefan Diggs is being double teamed left and right. We miss John Brown. When John Brown is on the field, there are no double teams that can, you can't blanket Stefan Diggs like that. Cause if you do, John Brown's going to take the top off the defense and we're going to score every single time. So while I know I'm, I'm, I'm complaining about a lot, like I do also understand that John Brown wasn't there. So, so the Jets were able to double team Stefan Diggs. And, but then at the same time, Cole Beasley went off. Cole Beasley had a game. The running backs seem to wake up just a little bit. But here's the thing. We still need an offensive line who can block. Still. There are so many plays that I've seen from Brian Winters where, you know, 
He's playing Ole offense. My coach used to say that when I played basketball back in the day. Like, Ole offense, you just, you just let the guy just run past you. And there's so many plays, not just one. I think Eric over at Cover One posted a, a play last week where Brian Winters kind of just let somebody run into Zach Moss. This week, the same thing happened multiple times. I don't understand how we have an expectation of either one of our running backs to do great things when we we can't let them get the ball in their hands good before they're being tackled. But we won the game 18 to 10 with six field goals, six of eight. Our rookie kicker missed two field goals. One, I believe, was 35 yards and the other was 48 yards or 47 yards. I expect I expect those kicks to be made. I do. I expect those kicks to be made. Last season when we had Steven Hauschka, my thing was Hausch money has to go because he can't make a kick over 50 yards. The Bills didn't trust him in the playoffs. When we were playing against the Texans, I felt that the Bills didn't trust Steven Hauschka enough to put him in there and win that game for us. Now, we have a guy who you're holding your breath under 50 yards. He has a cannon for a leg. He could probably kick the darn ball out of the field, out of the, uh, the stadium. But he's just not accurate enough to make it from 35 yards or 37 yards. That's pretty much an extra point. I just, I just know that we got the Patriots coming up, but after the Patriots, we have Seattle. You know, in December, we're going to play we're going to play the 49ers, who are also in the Super Bowl. We got some games coming up where we're gonna we're really gonna have to put this thing together. So on a positive note, like I said, there were there were a lot of positive things. The offense moved the ball up and down the field at, at will. They did everything that they wanted to do. My only, only complaint is that we have to score points. We have to score points. So going into this weekend, facing the New England Patriots, we're going up against the greatest defensive coach of all time. Bill Belichick is a genius when it comes to defense. And if I get it as Bills fans, sometimes we don't want to give him that credit. But if you're honest, you got to give him that credit. So regardless if Tom Brady is there or not, regardless of, you know, certain guys at the beginning of the season opt out or not, and regardless if Van Noy goes to Miami in free agency or not, Bill Belichick is the coach. And he's done things this season already, even though their record doesn't show that they're a good team. Bill Belichick has done things that are so creative on the defensive side of the ball that it really just makes you wonder, first of all, how how is this guy not have the number one defense every season? The Patriots are their record does not show who they can be. And I'm glad that their record doesn't show it. I'm glad that they're not in a good place because they have to dig themselves out of a hole to even consider making the playoffs. Whereas the Bills were in the driver's seat. We're five and two. If we beat them this Sunday, we'll be six and two. So for halfway through the season, if somebody were to tell you the Bills would be six and two, I would absolutely take that 10 times out of 10. And I would duplicate that for the second half of the season. 
If we can end the season up at 12 and 4, I would be ecstatic. I don't think I don't think you could really have too many complaints out of anybody from the Bills organization or the Bills fan base if the Bills were to go 6 and 2 for the first half and then 6 and 2 for the second half. I get it. We always overreact and we get upset when we lose a game, but nobody predicted the Bills to go undefeated. So you got to lose them at some point. And I'm okay with the fact that it was against the Chiefs. And I'm okay with the fact that it was against the Titans. I'm just not okay with the fact that it didn't look like we had... It just didn't look like we put forth the effort that an NFL team should should put forth. But man, we're in the driver's seat. Six and two. After this Sunday, we should be six and two. And we'll talk about it. We'll talk about what happens after this. We'll talk about it after this. Are we going to be 6-2 and two for the second half of the season? I put up the schedule recently with Joe on the Hump Day Hotline. and Because it's like, at this point, who do you think, who do you think can beat the Bills? Now, I said this before the Chiefs game. So, you know, there were some things that concerned me there. But so we got the Patriots this weekend. We got the Seahawks next weekend. Then we go to Arizona and we face the Cardinals who just beat the Seahawks in overtime. And they are also currently five and two. They're for real. Kyler Murray is the real deal. Those are two tough games back to back. And then we go or they come to Buffalo, but we we face the Chargers. And granted, they're not winning right now, but that rookie is playing Justin Herbert is playing his lights out. And at any given moment, he could win a game. He's not the he's not the game manager that Tyrod is. And I love Tyrod. You know, it's well documented how much I love Tyrod. That's not what Herbert is. He's moving that ball down the field. Those receivers are excited to play with him and for him. And they are going hard. Then the following week, you got the 49ers. Then you got the Steelers. Then you got the Broncos. And then we end the season out, hopefully, which should be something like a gift to us. We have the Patriots and the Dolphins. So we should end the season out 2-0. But I tell you, it's no cakewalk for the second half of the season. So if we're able to beat the Patriots this Sunday, to go into the second half of the season where we're 6-2 and and have the opportunity to control our destiny early, that's what you want. That's what you want. So my prediction for this week coming up, I think that the struggles for the New England Patriots remain consistent. I think that Cam Newton will start again. I I, I just think that he's been playing horribly since he's come back from COVID. I'm not using COVID as an excuse for him. I think it's a real thing. He had the virus and he just hasn't been playing the same since. He does look a little off. I I do think that the defense will kind of play pretty well against us I think that Josh Allen typically struggles against New England but I think it's because of the the magnitude of the games normally the Patriots game is a big deal so hopefully Josh can come in get his nerves you know chilled out early and have a good game but I do think the New England Patriots defense will have a decent game I think it will be closer than a lot of us will be comfortable with I think the score will be somewhere around 21 to 17, 21 to 14. I do think the Bills win. 
And I think I think this is the week that we see our guy Trey White become the hero. Last year we tried to try to get that shown for him and we tried to push him. It didn't quite work. But now the Bills have attention that they didn't always have. I think this is the game that that Trey White comes out and he says, look, whoever is back there at quarterback, whether it's Cam Newton, whether it's Stidham, whoever. If you throw the ball this way, it's getting picked and it's getting taken to the house. So that's my that's my pick there. We're going to get a pick six from Trey White. We're going to have two touchdowns from Josh, uh, one passing and one rushing. Bills win 21 to 17. Go Bills. So now I have a returning guest, my friend Clay, who is now, he has his own podcast, which the last time he was on the show, he didn't. So I'm excited to have him back on and we're going to talk a little bit about what he has going on. But my friend Clay is joining me, the host of the Bills Counterpoint. I hope you guys enjoy this interview. I hope you like it. Leave some comments. Let me know how you feel. Uh, And also just hit me up. Let me know who you want to hear on here. You know, at, at, during the season, sometimes it's tough to get in touch with a lot of the players um, and to, to really match up timing to get them on shows. But, you know, let me know if there's any players, any any retired players, any just let me know who you want to hear from. I love to have conversations with all these all these special guests. So let me know. We're going to make it happen. Holla at me. This is a Jay Spence exclusive. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have a return guest. So this actually hasn't happened for me too often besides maybe Joe and now Lorenzo Alexander. So now I have a return guest. I have the host of the Bills Counterpoint show. My man Clay, what's going on with you today, man? How's it going? That's I'm I'm in some pretty good company there then. Yeah, yeah, Joe and and, and Lorenzo Alexander. That's a uh, that's big time. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh so so now it's obviously um we, we've had some time go past since the game Sunday. Now that the overreactions and all the passion and, and the emotions are out of it, how do you feel about the game? Um, you know, I, I don't feel that bad. A lot of people are saying, you know, uh, kind of the big thing was, oh, it's the Jets. We should be blowing this team out right now. And going into the game, I, I felt that same way. But w- once I saw kind of how the game was going, I don't think I don't think it was that big of a deal. The offense did just fine driving the ball. I mean, no punts in a game is a, is a big deal. That's that's a great game no matter what. The only problem is, is just, you know, they weren't able to finish toward the end. And as far as the defense goes, they gave up, what, four yards in the second half? I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's what happened. I don't think it's too much to worry about. I think it was just kind of a slow game where not everything rolled rolled the bills way and um i i pretty much felt i pretty much felt fine about it in the end josh did great still we saw a little bit more from singletary which was nice i like to see him kind of maybe get a little bit momentum here they got beasley involved early which i'm pretty sure all of us have been calling for for a long time now so i feel pretty good still i know that there are people that are still upset but the bills are five and two sitting at the top of the division they're in the driver's seat right now and then another divisional game coming up and we're in a great position right now yeah, to your point, um, we're we're still one in the division. You know, we're facing a team this week coming up that is on the on their heels right now after suffering another loss. And you know, Cam Newton got benched, I believe, in like the third quarter. So you're right, we're in the driver's seat. We have some positive things that we can look forward to. But I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm one of those those fans who are like, this this game sucked. <laughs> yeah. that's how I look at it. Because because to me. Um, when you look at when you look at our team, you know, 
this season, I'm not comparing it to anything prior to this year. Our offense should be, we should be able to score against the New Jersey Jets. If we can't score against anybody else in the league, we should be able to score a touchdown against the Jets. And I, I get it. You're right. We won the game. The offense moved the ball. We didn't have to punt. Josh Allen threw for more than 300 yards. I think he, what was he, like 71%? Like, so it was yeah, a very was, good yeah, day. Yeah, he was around 68, something like that. Yeah. Okay. So it was 68%. So it was a good day. It, it, it was a good day. But I, I just, man, I just don't understand how we can't dominate a team that, and it's not just that they're 0 6. Because so, for those who who listened to my show earlier this week when I had Zoe on, it was like I made the point to say, I understand that these guys are professionals too. So, and I do understand that any given week, an 0 6 team can beat any team they go up against because we've been that team as the Buffalo Bills in the past when we weren't that good, and then you have a. a playoff contender or Super Bowl contender come into town and it's a trap game. So I, I, I completely understand that these guys are professionals. However, man, we're supposed to, we were supposed to dominate clay. Like I, I just don't, I can't do it, man. I can't, I can't be positive this week. And that's understandable too. I I've been trying to be as optimistic as possible throughout the season. Cause I, I I'm trying to offset the negativity of a lot of the Bills fans, I think, is, is what I'm subconsciously doing is I see all the negativity and then I look at the record and look at where we've been in the past and there's no more Tom Brady's Patriots anymore. And there, I just feel like there's so much to be excited about that I'm probably I'm probably being too optimistic. I'm probably going a little bit too easy on everybody. And I'll admit that because they should have they should have put up big numbers. The, 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 the Jets defense is not a good defense. And, you know, Allen threw the ball to the end zone a few times. There were a couple of times where the ball was in the end zone. Of course, you know, one got called back on a penalty. Mm. I don't think it should have been called a penalty. I think he was far enough up to be considered on the line of scrimmage, but the ref didn't think so. And that's the way it goes. There's another one he threw and it was not a good pass. Also to Gabe Davis. Uh, that one got broken up, I think by Desir, and that was just a bad decision. And, you know, there were a couple of misplays that where they just didn't get in the end zone. Other than that, I think it, it might've been play calling a little bit. I don't know. It, it was just kind of it was frustrating every time those drives stalled. And the, this just the, the pace of the game felt so slow. It kind of felt a lot like the 2019 Bills where the defense is making a bunch of stops and then it's just, you know, a long drive from the offense. We can't get a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Oh, you have to settle for, settle for a field goal. It kind of fe felt a little bit like the Bills of old over the past couple of years just because they weren't able to get in the end zone. But I think for me, the the reason I feel so positively about the game is because we finally saw the defense take a step forward. Because up until this point, every every time I've been watching the film, it's I, I've just been trying to figure out what was going on on the defense because it's just been so bad this whole year. And I know it's the Jets, and there's not a whole lot going on for them. But I will say, Darnold played a really good first half. He was he putting balls in great spots. He was making good reads. And Denzel Mims, he was playing good, too. It was his first game ever that he's ever been a part of because he was injured for the whole year so far. He looked good, and there was no scouting report on him either, so the Bills didn't know what to expect from him. Of course, Crowder was out. But, you know, it's not like – and like you said, these guys are professionals, so any anyone can win at any given game and i definitely think the bills kind of got away with one there because they should have put up those big numbers and they they let the jets stay close but that's kind of been the theme especially you know bills jets the bills always like to let them 
stay involved at least. Yeah, they kind of just let them hang around. And it's it's one of those things as a fan, you know, you, you get frustrated because it's like, you know, we're better than these guys, you know, like. So when I was watching the game, I was actually at a friend's house and and he he, he was just laughing at me the whole time because like I, I, I wasn't upset. Like I knew that we would win the game. I wasn't worried about losing. My concern was it's like, look, so the last two weeks we played against the Titans and then we played against the Chiefs. So we played against both teams that were in the AFC championship and then the team that won the Super Bowl. So if we play the way we play, then what's going to happen is what happened those previous two games. We yeah, we beat the Jets because it was the Jets that I guess that was my concern. And that's why I have you know, the, the negative feeling that I have, but at the same time, I agree. I don't want to beat up on my guys cause they are my guys. You know, I love the team. I just expected a little bit more out of them. The, the Wait, before I move on one more thing, negative, one, one more negative thing. Frank Gore averaged five and a half yards of carry on us. Yeah. That's a problem for me. And I know I'm not in the chat anymore that we were all were in together, but I yeah. know you recall. I know you remember the way I would just be so upset about Frank Gore running the ball in yep. any situation. So the fact that against us now, he averaged five and a half yards of carry on 60 yards. That's that's insane, man. Yeah. And I think that kind of attributes a little bit to the defensive line play. I think that's kind of been the biggest weakness uh, in the run game is there's there's no one big in the in the middle that can take up that double team and can really be a, a force out there. I do think both linebackers, I think having Matt Milano back definitely helped Edmonds out a lot. Uh, having him next to him, I think, gives him an extra little boost of confidence. And of course, you know, having Milano back is always huge. But AJ Klein is still on the field. So, um, you know, there is still a big weakness there at the linebacker position. But yeah, Frank Gore is, you know, old enough to be my dad almost. And he should not be averaging that many <laughs> yards per carry against any NFL team. Yet alone our Buffalo Bills. That, and that's yeah. my point. But positive things. So I'm going to I'm going to be positive because, you know, you're being positive. And then also, you know, so Sunday I did the chop up with Mookie and Joe popped in there as well. And they kept saying, man, you're being spoiled. You got to calm down and, and you got to just accept the fact that we won. A win is a win in the NFL. And you have to accept it because at the end of the year, we're going to look at win loss. We're not going to look at how ugly the game was. So I'm going to move on. And I'll be positive. <laughs> I'm so glad positive. to hear that. And, and Mookie's got that coach mentality too, you know, wins to win. So uh, I, I love that Mookie, Mookie's attitude there. Yeah, Mookie jumped on me, man. He was like, look, you can't be spoiled, man. So, yeah. so the positive things that I did see and the positive things that I'm excited about. Um, so in the first half of the game, I posted a, a tweet that I was actually upset about because at the time we had one sack from our defensive line and we had two sacks from our secondary. At the time, I think um, Jordan Poyer had a sack, and then, if I'm not mistaken, the rookie Jackson ended up with a sack. I could be wrong. I have to go back and look. I'm, I'm sure I'm wrong because I'm always wrong. But the secondary had two sacks at the time. What do, what do you – now, the game ended up where, obviously, Jerry Hughes ended up, like, being a freak. And then, um, you know, we had a couple other good plays in that fourth quarter there. But what do you think about the the defensive line play aside from the running game that we just talked about? We know that they have to correct that. But what's going on with this, the quarterback pressures and the sacks and the or the lack of sacks? Yeah, I think it's definitely Jerry Hughes up until this point has been kind of a disappointment this season. I think it's because he 
it's kind of turned into a one move wonder from what I've seen. Uh, it really looks like he he's basically trying the same move every play for the most part, and it never works. And he also loses contain on that move. So it's very it's been frustrating <laughs> to watch the film on that because he he does this thing where he tries to push push out with his you know upfield arm and then cut back underneath. It's just it just wasn't working. I think he did get a sack off a play like that, and I think that's the move he did when he ended up you know getting the interception gifted to him, but. Uh, up and up until that point, it kind of seems like his his variety of moves has been decreasing for some reason. But other than that, I mean, pass rush, I think I think the Bills kind of missed Jordan Phillips in the middle. No, I'm not saying that they should have kept him, should have resigned him. They didn't have the cap space. I don't think he's he's worth the money that that they would have had to resign him for based on the production that he did. And it, it was only one year of good production too. So it's hard to s- sign a guy for a decent amount of money. If you if you don't have that confidence that he can keep that production up, but I do think they miss him a little bit up there because he was a dog and he was just going to go in and he didn't care who was in front of him. He was going to try to rip your head off and run through you and go get the quarterback. And I think there is a little bit of that missing right now. I mean, you know, they they tried to shake it up last week. They threw a few new guys in there to see, you know, who wants to go make a play. And that was that was the big thing where I think at this point they're like, if you if you want to make a play, you're going to stay on the field. Whoever wants to be there the most is going to be there, because I think it's there might be a bit of a lack of effort on that defensive line. Mm -hmm. I think that there is not a little bit of a lack. I think that there. um, (laughs) Well, when you when you consider the fact that we have the highest paid defensive line in the NFL, um, to me, it's absolutely a lack of effort. Uh, you know, I, I love I love each and every single one of those guys. But when you when you watch the game and you just look at the effort, there's there's games where, listen, sometimes we're not going to win based on talent, which to me is crazy because I feel like we have one of the most talented rosters in the league. But, you know, we are going to go against the Kansas City Chiefs. We are going to go against teams like that. You know, There aren't many, but that will beat us with talent. So the thing is, when it comes down to it, the effort still has to be there. And that's the thing that to, to a certain point that I'm disappointed in this year's version of the Buffalo Bills, a Sean McDermott coach team typically has been very, very, very well coached to the point where the effort is there. They don't make the mental mistakes with the penalties that we've been seeing somewhat on the defensive end this year. We've been seeing penalties that I, I'm just not used to seeing now after three years. Uh, with Sean McDermott being the leader of this team. What do you think about, you know, just the gameplay and and, and those type of situational uh, mistake, the, <clears throat> excuse me, mistakes that we've made? Yeah, I definitely think it's been strange because Sean McDermott is such a, such a process guy. He, he reminds me a lot of Bill Belichick in the do your job sense. Mm-hmm. You know, Bill Belichick's mantra before has been just do your job, do, do your one eleventh, and you'll be okay. And the mental mistakes, the unforced errors, it's been unreal for a Sean McDermott coach team. It's definitely something that you would not expect from him because he is a very disciplined, cut and dry type of a coach where, you know, it's not this isn't Rex Ryan's bills. This should not be happening. So I'd agree with that a little bit. I do have a question for you. The the highest paid defensive line, does that include Star's contract? Because his is pretty his contract's pretty big as well. You know, it may. Um, and I have to look at so where I looked at that, I believe and I have to see my mind is not right, man. I feel like it was <laughs> Joe Biscaglia who um who actually put that out with one of his articles with the athletic. And so I'll I'll go back and before we get done with this interview, I'll go back and, and make sure I have an actual accurate 
comment okay. on that. Yeah, the, just um, because I'm trying to think of who else, you know, who else are we paying money to? I mean, we did get, you know, we got a couple guys in the off seasons. We got, you know, Addison Jefferson. Those are probably big contracts. Trent Murphy's w- making way too much money right now. And yeah, so I, I guess I can kind of understand that. Jerry Hughes probably making decent money as well. I, I could definitely understand why we would be up there a little bit in the numbers. But yeah, for, for the amount of money that we're spending, the production has been pretty abysmal really you, you i we've barely had any sacks on the year and and the like you said the ones that do they're coming from the secondary which credit where credit's due to leslie frazier he is able to draw up those plays where it's like okay my defensive line's not doing a damn thing you know jordan poyer go get the quarterback man and you know he's been good at i think poyer's had a couple of sacks and he's he did that last year as well he's been a beast like that kind of that similar to the way jamal adams plays where he can mm-hmm. play up close to the line of scrimmage like that and he can go and get the quarterback if you want him to so i definitely think that you know i don't have a problem with defensive backs getting getting sacks cuz i think that's mostly a a scheming type of a thing if your defensive backs getting a sack then that was a well drawn up play because that means he was able to get there before the quarterback was able to realize who's got who's wide open now because one of the dbs is is in my face so Mm -hmm. i you know i'm i'm a big fan of plays like that too i think that's very very you know very modern defenses to get those those dbs up toward the line but yeah you need production from that defensive line it's been embarrassing up until this point. And, you know, of course, playing against those two good teams where, like you said, two of the best teams in the AFC, which is already a stacked conference this year. When you're playing against the best of the best, you got to want it so much more than when you're playing the New York Jets, you know, and it's, did we, did we see the kind of effort out of them in those two games that should be there? I don't think we did. I don't think they wanted it enough. You know, it's like, Oh, cool. We're going up against the Titans you know, oh, screw these guys. They had the whole schedule reformed because of COVID. I just didn't, it didn't feel like they wanted it. It felt like the Titans wanted that game so much more than they did. And then it was the same story the next week with the Chiefs. It was just those guys came out and they wanted to win. And it didn't feel like the Bills wanted to win as much as them. Yeah, no, for sure. And that, you know what, to be honest, man, that was my biggest complaint about the two games. Listen, if we're going to lose against the, the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm not mad at the Buffalo Bills. You know, like the, the, they just won the Super Bowl. So if we're going to lose that game, I'm not mad. If we're going to lose against the the Tennessee Titans who was in the AFC playoffs or the AFC championship, I should say, I'm not mad. The thing that I was upset about is not even the score. The thing is, we literally got outplayed. I could see it being like, you know, like I said, the talent level. If Pat Mahomes just decided to, you know, go crazy one day and he throws 500 yards and seven touchdowns and whatever, it's like, look, the guy is good. I get that. But when you just don't look like you're you're engaged in, in the plays, you, you know, you just don't look like you're really there to put a body on somebody. That's when I have my issue. But let's let like I said, I, I do want to kind of be in a positive thing. So I don't want to I don't want to go back to the negative conversations. Right, so right. This week coming up, we have the New England Patriots and I've been waiting on this week for a long time now. And I'm sure every Bills fan has since last season for multiple reasons. One time Brady is no longer here. Um, Cam Newton is now the starting quarterback. Maybe after after Sunday's game, we don't know who's going to be the starter. Cam Newton threw for three tu- or three interceptions, no touchdowns on nine of 15 uh, for 98 yards passing. He was pulled late in the third quarter. Uh, Jared Stidham came in. He threw six for 10 for 64 yards and another interception. So the offense over there in New England just doesn't look like, you know, they're not clicking. 
Um, they lost that game to San Francisco 33 to six. And the, the thing is, they lost 33 to six when Jimmy Garoppolo threw two interceptions and no touchdowns himself. So the Patriots aren't they, they are not the Patriots of yesteryear that we're used to seeing. So going into this game, what are your just at first glance? What are your keys to victory for the Bills and what are you expecting to see out of our team? Uh, I like I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Cam Newton interceptions, the Cam Newton stats since he came back from his COVID game against the Chiefs. He's played two games since he tested positive and missed that game. And he has thrown zero touchdowns and five interceptions in those two games. So that's that's been something where I think the, the key to victory, if you want to beat the New England Patriots, make Cam Newton throw the ball. Don't let him do those QB keepers. Stop the option play. You have to be super disciplined on these option plays with Cam. You need somebody to cover the the running back. You need somebody there to cover the quarterback. We want him to have nowhere to pull the ball to. If he he gives it, it's an instant tackle. If he pulls it, it's an instant tackle. Make, make Make the offensive coordinator go into his playbook and have to say, well, geez, what can I even run right now? They're stopping all of our plays. You have to keep him contained. I think that's the only thing the Bills should be concerned about really at all with the Patriots offense is their run game because their run game is a like six-headed dragon. They have so many guys on that team that can run the ball effectively. And then when you have a quarterback like Cam Newton, who they've been running in a lot of option quarterback style, that just makes him so that makes your offense super deadly and super hard to cover, uh, cover up. And Cam Newton's probably one of the best option quarterbacks I've ever seen in the NFL. The, he he will not pull until the very last second. He waits until that defender has taken his final step toward the running back, and then he'll pull the ball, and he's gone. And he's one of the best at it. So limiting Cam Newton in the run game I think is going to be huge because he has been pretty efficient in the run game. He's been averaging – six yards a carry since he came back in those two games where he has been inefficient passing the ball. He's been averaging six yards a carry too. I mean, that's not great for quarterback numbers, but as a runner, those are great numbers and that's efficient and you can make that work as long as your pass game is there. But if they can stop the run and they make Cam Newton stay in the pocket and they make him drop back and pass the ball, I think the Patriots are going to be in trouble because his balls haven't been looking crisp. He's been, you know, kind of sailing it sometimes, you know, he's throwing it a little bit short sometimes. His shoulders look a little off to me. I'm not sure what it is, but there's something about his form where it's like he kind of leans back with his shoulders, and when he follows through, it just doesn't look right. I think his his motion is a little bit off. Maybe it was ever since that that injury he had. But, yeah, I think if they can contain him in the run game, that's 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 the real key. Well, one of the things that you mentioned um, that he averages, I think, like six six and a half yards of carry since, you know, but the thing is, so yesterday or Sunday's game, I should say, he a- he actually only averaged three point eight yards a carry. He had five rushes, five rushes for nineteen yards. The thing is, I-, I-, I agree with you. You are absolutely right. Since he came back from after after he tested positive for COVID, he absolutely does not look like, you know, obviously he didn't look like Cam of you know the past anyway. He doesn't look like the MVP season Cam, but he especially doesn't look like cam from week two, you know, one, two or three. Um, so it's one of those things where going into this game, you know, I'm a cam Newton fan. So going into this game, the, the bills fan in me is excited. Cause it's like, look, the Patriots aren't the Patriots anymore. Like they're not the big, bad wolf. They're not the, the bully down the block anymore. Like we can, we can go in there and, and get our lunch money back. But 
at the same time, the point that I did want to bring up about COVID is that, okay, so now it's been a couple of weeks. What do you think about the possibility of, of the fact that his gameplay has been, you know, kind of affected by COVID? Do you think now it could be that week where it's like, okay, now we can see him kind of get back to himself and we should be worried about that? Or do you just, you know, you feel like this is going to be the trend for the Patriots for the season? It is kind of hard to say just because I do think trends like that matter where if a guy has two bad games passing in a row and, you know, a guy like Cam Newton, who we've seen can throw the ball in the past, we, we've seen him do do well in the past game. Earlier this season, I think week two, he put up, you know, 350 pass yards against the Seahawks. So he's able to do it, and we know he's able to do it. So it could be a bounce-back game for him. You know, it could be, you know, maybe a, a wake-up call and now that he's gotten, you know, he got pulled out early in the game there it was it was pretty the game was pretty much over at that point and he you know cam will be the starter he'll be the guy that's that's on the field and he's and he's a good leader too so i think we could see something out of him especially since it's the bills i i don't know what it is about the bills but bill belichick just hates us so much and he always brings the heat every time he plays against us and i know brady's always had our number two so it'll be interesting to see in the post Brady era, how we handle the Patriots. But I don't know. I, I would be a little bit worried, but you know, as long as we can keep him one dimensional, I think that's, that's the biggest key. Well, I wanted to ask your opinion on since, you know, um, I first, I agree with what you just said there, but I also wanted to ask your opinion on um, a comment that I, I, do you follow Jeff Garcia at all? Like, you know, NFL.com oh, and all that. I just saw that video. Okay. So it's terrible. Well, I'm going to I'm going to play it. Hopefully it it can um hopefully I can pick it up here if not I'll edit it to to make sure I get the audio in here. Uh but tell me what you what you think about you this clip. You go into this game, two touchdowns, four interceptions, you throw what? Three more interceptions, you get yanked in the second half. There's nothing good going your way. Why are you dressing like that to bring more attention to yourself? I'd be trying to ask the equipment managers, put me in your jock sock court and sneak me in the back door and i'll show up on the field and do Wait, the best that i can Jeff, this sounds like you're speaking from too much experience here okay this sounds you know like what? you're speaking I mean, from experience. This, this just goes back to a couple years of just watching this guy okay well stop playing but <laughs> but uh were you able to hear it yeah yeah i was able okay to hear perfect, that. perfect so so the thing is um one of the takes that i have and I, i've had it often for a couple of years now I, I i strongly dislike when people try to take anything that's off field that has nothing to do with somebody being a good football player a good teammate or a good leader and trying to equate it to their gameplay and too many times i feel that we question certain individuals but we'll stick to cam with this one too many times i feel like we're questioning cam's ability and we're questioning cam's heart and you know, all of these things based on the fact that he likes fashion that people don't quite understand. What, what's your take on what, what this guy just said here? Uh, this is probably one of the worst takes that's come out so far this year. He's What is he even trying to say? You know, he, he's dressing up and trying to bring attention to himself. That's just Cam being Cam. Cam likes to to look good. He, you know, he's going to have his outfits. He's going to look good. He's going he's gonna to be Cam. If he changes himself into someone that he's not to try to hide from attention or do whatever, he's not Cam anymore. 
You know, if if he wants to get back on track and be be the quarterback that he's been in the past, he needs to keep being himself. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, li- limiting himself in any way, you know, especially with something off the field, which doesn't matter anymore. You know, it doesn't matter to, to what he's doing on the field. It is a different cam than I've seen in the past. I saw a couple weeks ago, he, you know, he jumped in the pile for a fumble which, you know, a, a lot of the controversy there surrounding the Super Bowl that he was in when he he avoided jumping into the pile when there was a fumble on the ground, that was kind of something that stuck in my mind when it's like, this is this is a cam that wants to win. It's a cam that wants to play. You know, he, he's he's going to sacrifice his body a little bit more now because he's, he's jumping in that pile. He's trying to get the ball. And this was just in a, a regular season game that, you know, didn't really have any big implications as opposed to him being in the Super Bowl in the past. So... I don't know what Jeff Garcia is trying to say. I, I, I really just don't understand the take at all. If a guy wants to be flashy off the field, let him be flashy. You know, that that's what's wrong with, with having a little bit of personality off the field. And even if you're losing like, yeah, the, the team's not doing so great right now. He had a couple of bad games, but everybody bounces back. I, I just think cam gets cam does get way too much criticism way more than he deserves because he's always been in that spotlight being a, a high draft pick, being a big personality kind of a guy. He's always been, t- been taking heat for way too long. And yeah, Jeff Garcia, Jeff Garcia of all people. Come on, man. He was in the himself. <laughs> well, and that's really where I was going to go next. Like this guy has, he didn't even have like the career to make these type of comments. It's yeah, like, exactly. Like, come on, man, if you're going to. So like the quarterback that I wouldn't like, I would expect to hear that from would be like Steve Young or somebody like that. Like Steve Young can come on and say, come on, Cam, you got to do this. Okay, you're Steve freaking Young. I get it. Jeff Garcia. Yeah. Are you kidding me right now? Like, (laughs) okay, we might as well have JP Lawson start talking about. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? I've and, forgotten and, my name for a while, man. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> you sorry. Had, I had you to bring it back up. <laughs> I have to. I'm sorry. You know, I, I, we got to bring Bills fans back to earth sometimes. We, we're getting yeah. lucky now with Josh. Mookie told me, uh, I told you, he told me I was spoiled. So I got to bring everybody back to earth. But right, hey, listen, bro. I appreciate you taking um, the time out to do this with me, man. Before I let you go, like I, I introduced you as the, actually, I'll let you do it. So, so tell us what you got going on. Tell us when your show is airing and, and, and just, you know, whatever you, whatever you want everybody to know about right now. Yeah. So first of all, thank you for having me on again. Uh, I didn't know that, uh, that, that repeat guests were not, not really a big thing with you. So I really appreciate it. Um, you know, some people know that I was kind of uh, you were the first guy to ever have me on behind the mic and, you know, behind the camera. So you were you were really the one that helped me step into the spotlight. So I greatly appreciate that because you gave me that confidence there. But yeah, so now what I'm doing is uh, for the Buffalo Fanatics Podcast Network, I'm doing the Bills Counterpoint podcast and that's going to come out every Wednesday. I'm actually for those of you who have been following Jay Spence for a while now, I'm taking his spot in the Wednesday role for that podcast. And uh, the premise of the podcast is I bring on a podcaster, reporter, or fan of the team that we're playing the next week, and we kind of discuss each other's teams. Uh, yeah, so that that's kind of what, what I'm into right now. And uh, you can go follow follow me there at Bill's Counterpoint on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else that you can find podcasts. Other than that, I do still do my film review on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube page, so be on the lookout for those. And, uh, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much all I got going on right now. Nice, man. Well, uh, so now, obviously, Dakota Conduct, because everybody's listening to it now, it comes out on Tuesdays. Uh, so your show comes out tomorrow. Who, who's your guest joining you for the Patriot show? It's going to be a good one because uh, my first episode, if you go and look that up, that was a college buddy of mine who was a Jets fan. He's from Brooklyn. 
Uh, this time, it's another college buddy of mine who is uh, he's very outspoken, as a lot of Patriots fans are. He's not afraid to make anybody mad. His name's Michael Joyner. He's from the Rochester area. That's going to be a good episode. I'm sure we're going to get into it a little bit um, because, uh, yeah, those Patriots fans, they they like to talk about those past 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Well, hey, man, again, I, I just want to thank you for and also I want to thank you for you paid some homage last week with the uh, the introduction to the show. That Absolutely. was big, man. I appreciate that, man. That was wanted, cool. wanted to make sure there was something familiar on a Wednesday for those those Wednesday <laughs> listeners. So, hey, well, everybody go go give my man a follow. What's your uh, on here? I can't see your actual at name. Can you just let them know your at name so we can I can make sure they go know where to follow you? Yeah, absolutely. It's just at Clay Troya on Instagram and Twitter. I'm not really active on Instagram, so follow me on Twitter. But yeah, just at Clay Troya, C-L-A-Y-T-R-O-I-A. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Code of Conduct, and this is Patriots Week. So, hey, this week, talk your stuff to all your friends out in New England, out in Boston. Let's let's make this thing competitive again, even though we feel like this week should be a W. Hey, Clay, have a good week, man. Go Bills. Thank you very much, man. Go back.